A message from the comical heathen. It's not always easy to recognize if someone you love has become a member of a cult. Here are some of the warning signs. If their official uniforms look suspiciously like hospital gowns. If eternal life is the prison sentence their leader is facing. If the guy next to you says, you can call me Herb, but my full name is Herbal Essence. If their facility features a parabolic neutrino reflector and also a hot tub. If their group's orientation video is Animal House. If they rate the quality of cookware on a scale from one to five erect penises. If someone you love is demonstrating cult-like behaviors, direct them to the comical heathen. We could really use the followers. Hello everyone and welcome to this live stream edition of the Comical Heathen podcast. It's a podcast I started a few years ago because I'm supposedly writing a book about satire. I started interviewing my comedy friends and other writers and people that I knew and networked with and turned the conversations into this podcast. And I've also taken this podcast on the road. Hey, by the way, I'm your host, Dr. Jerry Jaffe, the world's most highly educated stand-up comedian. And I was saying, after I did the podcast for a couple of years, I developed a live version. And the live version is why we're doing this today, because the live version includes a Q&A with the audience. And it's always a fun part of the show, a little interactive, a little improv, a little bit of Stump the Schwami. Um, even the world's most highly educated stand-up comedian doesn't know everything. Because the live show Q&A was so much fun, I tried to bring it into the podcast. So every once in a while, I do these live Q&A episodes. So I really do want your questions and comments. Some people have emailed some stuff ahead and we also have the comment section live right now. So feel free anyone to leave comments or leave questions and we'll try to get to them. When you do a Q&A, I cannot do this alone. So I've brought in a special guest co-host who uh -oh. actually, oh, you uh -oh. heard his voice, just you hear his voice. He's waking up, he's waking up, he's almost here. <laughs> uh, musician, writer, and one of my bestest and longest friends, please welcome to the show today's guest co-host, Jeff Geddert. Hey, hey, hello, and good morning, and good evening over on the other side of the world. I'm broadcasting live from Tokyo, Japan, where we all talk exactly like this. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like it's 7 a.m. here. 7 a.m.? Uh, I heard from QAnon that Japan doesn't exist, so how can it be 7 a.m. over there? No, there are actually QAnon people here in Tokyo. There's like, they did like a little protest. There was like five of them walking down the street in Tokyo. It's like, oh my God, how embarrassing. Go back, get away, go where, go back where you were. Um, Jeff and I both taught English in Japan. I did it back in the 90s. He's still there doing whatever the hell he does. But it's my dream, Jeff, that you are teaching any students that you work with to use your radio voice when they speak English. That's right. That's right. There we go. That's for you. Yeah, actually, I do get, I do pick up the occasional paycheck for doing voice stuff as well, strangely enough. But yeah, but it's awesome to be here with a very old friend. I was thinking about that because we go back quite a ways, mm -hmm. like an embarrassing number of years. And it's like, it's, it's awesome to just be here and to not have anything to promote and to mm -hmm. not be, you know, the whole self-doing thing. I've, I have no dog in this pony. I'm I'm in the game, but not of it. And I'm 
<laughs> I'm not even I'm not even worried about being canceled. So <laughs> go ahead, name any race, and I'll tell you what's wrong with those people. <laughs> so you have a clear idea of your branding. None. And bingo, yeah. <laughs> NA does not apply. Um other. That's um, it. That's the other branding. It was funny. I was thinking about uh because we've known each other for so long, what I might say when I introduced you and all the things that you might plug are all stuff from like years ago. You were the voice on this 10 years ago. You did such and such broadcast 15 years ago. Like I, I couldn't think of anything you've done in the past three months that needs to be mentioned. <laughs> I, did, I did a Seiko commercial last year that was uh, pretty cool. Excellent. Excellent. But that's like, eh, I don't know. I don't know either. I was doing podcasts back in 2006, God damn it. That's early adapter, early adopter. No, maybe in 2004, like a long, yeah. Before it was, as soon as I realized how low the bar to entry was, <laughs> <laughs> I jumped but, on it, but I haven't well, been that long. Well, even though Jeff doesn't have any uh, credits to claim, uh, I do want to mention that I started podcasting in the early 10s, and this is my third different podcast, and uh, Mr. Geddert has helped me in all three. He's a very Yay. talented musician and audio engineer. So I appreciate all of his feedback and input along the way of my learning how to do these podcasts. And I would say if you were an early adopter, if I'm doing anything involving media or technology, I'm probably three years behind the mark. Like, <laughs> you know, if I wake up one day and want to do a podcast, it's already three years too late to do a podcast. So yeah, yeah. No, but it's been, it's been cool adapter. being involved in yours as as well. You know, is the well, thing I did a long time ago. It's like you're, you've got interesting content and, and just topics I'm interested in. So that stuff's fun to do. Yeah. Podcasting? I don't think <laughs> you're currently the only person doing it. No, I've heard of one or two others, and they seem to be splitting the pie of the audience where everyone else has like a 99.99% market share, and I have like 12 people. So to the 12 people listening to this podcast, I thank you. <laughs> there we go. Thank you for your patronage. Yes, absolutely. But I will say it is also cool. Like we're, today, we're using a new technology for people who don't know at home. It's, I mean, it's behind the scenes, kind of inside baseball stuff. But yep. it's interesting to see how this evolves over yes. time, and it just becomes easier and easier to do. Frankly, well, as I've made more progress with the book, and I am slowly writing a book, the raison d'être for doing this podcast kind of like has diminishing returns, like. Probably nothing Mike Kaplan says today on this episode will appear in the book because the book is too far along. Oh, hey, Jeff, oh, I just mentioned enough. Mike yeah. Kaplan's name out of the blue. You Mike sure Kaplan did. is a hilarious comedian who kindly let me interview him for the normal editions of this podcast last year. So there's a great mm. Mike Kaplan interview that I will I'll put a link in the description of this podcast eventually. Awesome. And when I interviewed him last year, the material that I got from him, including about his most recent number one comedy album, which is known as AKA, uh, right. we talked about that and just dot, dot, dot. Like I was able to fold his commentary and meaningful quotes into the text of the book. Kind of going forward, like that's not, that's less of a reality. <laughs> so I'm definitely that's... finding like, what else can I do with this podcast besides write a book? <laughs> uh, where, where else can you apply these things? Well, it seems to be, you know, before I mean your own live shows and whatnot and like mm -hmm. i mean it's like both it's like stand up and like the the hour-long show the comic mm -hmm. and live show yeah is a cross promotional stuff there and then you know mike kaplan's gonna be on here we're excited to have him and he gets a little cross promotion it's like i think that it, it all eventually levels out in this one big ocean as people cross promoting their stuff into uh into oblivion indeed a yes. but a, a happy upbeat oblivion <laughs> 
Yes. So, you know, we do have a YouTube channel and all of my content, including the previous podcast, Gold Star Classroom, as well as all the Comical Heathen interviews Ooh. and episodes are available through the YouTube channel. And then I just this month, Jeff, started a Twitch channel. So that's a, a Twitch brand- channel. Yeah. My gosh. Why? What in the world, Jerry, could that be? I'm also trying to figure it out. But what's cool is Twitch is like a platform where people basically make their own TV shows. And it's mostly fan-based. And a large percentage of what is streamed on Twitch is gaming. So I've done a little bit of that just because I like to play video games. But it's like, I'm just like the, <laughs> the idea. You, okay, you start off, it's like, well, it's like a television show. And yes. then you can watch people play games. That is not the CBS, ABC, NBC that I recall right, no. from growing up. It that ain't was like, <laughs> you know, like when on, on the old dial televisions where you had the channel two mm-hmm. through channel 13, you mm-hmm. never would put it on channel five and there'd be somebody playing Call of Duty. No, but you're never going to put it on Twitch and see Barney Miller either. But it's more of a community as you do on online. It's like an online community. So people who have like embraced Twitch, even if they get a couple hundred followers, they're like they watch them game, they chat, they have um, other media like Discord channels where they can communicate. So it makes these little communities. So people can grow. People have common interests and they have yes. a ch- chance to interact with one another. Yeah. And they can bond in a way that is no longer physically possible due to our addiction due to our addiction to the Internet. Correct. So instead, we use our addiction to the Internet to bond <laughs> virtually through latex screens and things. So, yes. Uh-huh. So, I mean, these are all things we're exploring. Um, and one of the things we're exploring, Jeff, I've done a few of these over the past couple of years, is doing live episodes of The Comical Heathen themed mm-hmm. around the Q&A format. Sure. Uh, another famous um, podcaster who you and I both admire, Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah. uh, and Star Talk will occasionally do episodes where he NDT, just brings baby. on a comedic co-host of some kind, and they ask him questions about the topic of the day. Chuck, nice. And they get the questions. Well, we got the questions uh, from the interwebs. I mean, I actually put Jeff in charge of gathering the questions. I've not seen any of the questions. I've not vetted any of the questions. My answer to every single question might be, I don't know. I did do a Facebook thread a few days ago, and I just sincerely asked what people think of when people say, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. And that got a lot of uh, activity, like 50, 60 comments. So that inspired us to make the theme of today's live Q&A, religion versus spirituality. Religion versus spirituality. Now, that's yeah. one we've heard many, many times. Yes. And I feel like we have a pretty clear idea what religion is. Right. But the yes. idea of, of spirituality, I get the impression, is more of the kind of obscure, kind of unknown, less defined thing. Yeah. What do you, what, what what's, what's your take on that? Mm-hmm. What, how, how would you explain to a, a five-year-old child from Mars the difference between uh, religion and spirituality. Well, I will say the first thing I thought of when I started thinking about this topic was that what we need is a celebrity death match. Like the word versus became very interesting. I want Mm. to see religion versus spirituality, like Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, oh, Jamil, like just right, like that's good. Uh, it's a good start because just in number of followers, if you ask people around the world, how are you spiritual or are you religious? How would you describe yourself? Which would have the larger following? So one of my favorite things to tell classes, and you can verify this with a simple internet search if you're interested, is that 
you know, it's hard to use round numbers, and it sometimes is hard to define the word religion. But anthropologists and sociologists estimate that there's about 10,000 religions on the earth today. Mm -hmm. And there have been, and again, who knows, but estimates made by the same types of specialists put the number around 1 million religions have popped up around the earth during human history. But that's including like the Church of the Subgenius and... Well, I mean, probably. Goofy okay. stuff. Well, it depends how broadly or narrowly you want to define religion, but that's all. That's what the first question is, right? If you're going to say sure. religion versus spirituality, then the word religion is not like contained in one Bible. Uh, yeah, think, yeah, certainly, yeah. certainly, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so if you if you're yeah. if there's a if there's a million religions, it sounds like you're defining them pretty broadly, but yeah, it's certain, well, certainly mm -hmm. not the way that it's just like synonymous for Christianity or whatever that it tends to be in the states. Well, like just something, um, whether it's the ancient Greek or Roman gods or Hinduism, when you have a pantheon, that like multiplies the problems, right? <laughs> I had a pantheon. I went to the doctor. <laughs> oh, that's, that's probably from your Balzac. You're reading too much poetry. Indeed. Uh, but so the point is, when you have a pantheon, you could say like there's the Greek gods, but are you worshiping Zeus? And if you worship Zeus, does that mean you do or don't worship the other gods? Do you go to some temples or not? So, like, is it exactly. this 100 is, yeah. religions in one religion? Or is yeah. it one religion with 100 religions inside of it? <laughs> there's that. And there's also the idea right now that a lot of people, you know, they might describe themselves as spiritual and they might, mm -hmm. like, follow the teachings of Jesus, mm -hmm. but they mm -hmm. wouldn't describe themselves as religious. But they do fall into the, the category or the box of one particular religion. So if it's like, mm -hmm. and, and part of that is, is just social in peer pressure in a way mm -hmm. it can be or the house you're raised in or your circumstances your environment yep. so how many people in ancient greece it's like so you worship that zeus yeah yeah zeus he's he's a good guy how many people in ancient greece are just going along with whatever so, else yeah, exactly yes <laughs> and, and guaranteed there were atheists as well like i'm sure yeah. there were people going zeus yeah right here just buy a shoe like don't bother me with your zeus i'm just trying to sell shoes here <laughs> <laughs> there we go sandals uh, yeah, sandals was a big business in ancient Greeks. And then, so if we say, okay, so what's the word spiritual mean? When we're in our like Western Judeo-Christian context, we're generally talking about people, and here's a generalization, who have lost interest in the organized religion they were raised with, if any. Sure, sure. But, but still have a feeling of something inside of them that is satisfied by either ritual or myth or um, a way, just a worldview, and so it's like hmm. having a a worldview that may or may not include supernaturalism, but doesn't Wait. include dogmatic organized religion. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, the the organized religion, the idea of standing in a big room full of right. people with one guy at the end telling everybody what God thinks. Yes, that's. Yeah, the, the yes. people who are get turned off of that idea, I think, are the ones who describe themselves as yes. spiritual. Now, uh, what fills in for spiritual could be any number of things. I mean, I'm in the theater arts, and for some people, they could be very... <laughs> oh, my God, it's you. You're in a large room full of people, and you're there's one guy at the end of the room who's telling everybody what uh, you think. Yes, well, I mean, you can make a model out of... Jerry, you my new God. Uh, I could use some disciples. There are definitely Jerry disciples out there in the theater world. You know, sound off if you... If you know who you are. 
Probably you are one of them, actually, Jeff Gettert. I am indeed. I, I will talk <laughs> to that. It's true. No, you, uh, by the way, yeah. I'm broadcasting today from Japan. The person who brought me to Japan was Dr. Jerry Joffe. Uh, my pleasure. It, Smuggled um, me in a suitcase, just like <laughs> Carlos Ghosn. Yep. When I started my community theater over there for a couple of years, you were in plays, a couple of the plays we did. Yeah, Woody Allen God and some other things, and uh, yeah. David Mamet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's good times. Good times. Uh, but a traditional play where there's like a director and a text, that is like a priest who interprets the holy book. Mm. The actors Ooh. are like disciples. That you come do in take for, your job seriously. For weeks and months. There might be a little <laughs> brainstorming going on, yeah. <laughs> weeks and months. But the Kool-Aid is just Kool-Aid. I love sweet drinks. So don't worry about that. Oh, good. And then the audience is like a congregation that comes and listens to the disciples tell the story taught to them Ooh. by the director. <laughs> yep, yep. That whole analogy is playing out. And then there is some, when uh, we could do, I'm going to stop with just a sentence. I could probably make the next live Q&A about how the similarities and differences between theater and church. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, make, yeah. It like a, make a note of that one because that's, that's an interesting one. I could keep going, but I won't. The, the communal thing, the, commu the the coming together and sitting down and mm -hmm. hearing a story together. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's also, I mean, that you could like even around the campfire, that kind of thing happens. Oh, sure. It's, ooh, that's interesting. So uh, what else do you got, Mr. Getter? The first things that you wanted to ask, but you also were in charge of calling and collating actual questions or comments for us to react to. That's right. So I have a list of your uh, listeners slash readers slash viewers comments here. Mm. And uh, I can reel off some of these and you, perhaps you can respond to them with uh, okay. whatever answer comes to your mind. Uh, first up, we have uh, Duke Jupiter from Intercourse, Pennsylvania <laughs> writes, Dear Jerry, in the last episode, you asked about, is Jedi a religion? But I wasn't mm. able to listen all the way to the end of the podcast because I was busy blowing up the Death Star. So what'd you guys figure <laughs> out? Is Jedi a religion or not? So on the left hand, that actually feeds into your comment earlier, Jeff, just about like do parody religions count as religions? Mm. The creator of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster yeah, yeah. was a, sort of accused of that's you're not a religion. It's a parody religion. And his retort, which you can find this on his website, is what's the difference? <laughs> yes yeah that's a good one yeah but that was a question that originally came from the live show actually someone asked me that in the live show and we paid it forward into one of the you know live stream q a's and the one other interesting detail i brought up at the time and jeff i want to hear what you think as well is just that there was a a, a period where you know like when you do a census in america and nowadays they don't ask typically about religion or sometimes they'll have like a supplemental census that only like 1% of the people get, but it has more questions on it. Sure. So there was a, a span in the early 2000s where some census-taking census exercises in different countries, not America, were asking about what religion people were. And people all over the world started filling in Jedi as a protest vote. I, I think it was just in England, if I recall. It was in England. Australia had some... I, Feel like new zealand did as well but if that's not right my apologies to the three or four people who live there you've insulted the maori culture <laughs> yes <laughs> sorry i love i i lived in new zealand for six years as you know jeff probably the 12 listeners to this podcast do as well just to say um i have many maori friends and have a great respect for maori culture but 
there's there is there is no, uh, not many of them living down under so <laughs> oh yeah uh no the country has about four to five million people it's the current population i think they might have tipped five million in recent years so that's you know ohio has like eight million so you know do the math but all sarcasm aside i think there might have been some people in new zealand who also filled in census extra taking exercises with jedi as a religion and it became a little bit like like our reality shows that have voting sometimes these like i guess we'll say trolls will decide online to vote for the like the worst singer or the worst yeah singer, yeah to yeah keep them in the show longer yeah so there i think there was like a a cousin to that like there was an online movement movement too strong of a word a online chatter where people said we should start putting in jedi to these census takers and then some people did it so there's some like venn diagram that overlaps some agitators <laughs> well if it's a movement does that make yeah. it a religion <laughs> yeah, but is the is trolling a religion then you know <laughs> is trolling oh, yeah. it would certainly seem to be wouldn't it yeah. man yeah no and the other thing it made me think too is about the uh the, the idea of a parody or, or a satire religion mm -hmm. like i was reading up on these satanists and the okay. modern the modern satanists i've known with the mm -hmm. they do like the we're gonna put our statue of baphomet there in your public square because yeah. you got the ten commandments up there it's like okay that's like pretty clearly satire but you i'd also heard about this anton lavey satanism and seen these scary mm -hmm. black and white photos from the past yes. and yep. i'm reading up on this no it's damn near the same thing it seems like like the majority of Satanists I've I've found and and read up on a little bit, not a lot, seem to be of the same kind of protesting or responding to yeah. uh, what's going on society ilk. Now, if I'm I, if I'm defaming anybody, if you're an actual Satanist, please let us know in the comments. Yes. If I'm misrepresenting and, you. Yes, and, uh, a good example of that is the Satanic Ten Commandments, which oh, if you take. Go the word satanic out of it it's just like a protest vote like wouldn't it be better if the ten commandments were like this <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> i was gonna say that, yeah one more thing about jediism is that in the movies they are like described as a mystic order and in the first three movies if you think of them as a mystic order we don't learn much about them yep it is like a mysterious mystic order but in yep. the prequels one of the mistakes that George Lucas was criticized for was trying to explain Jediism. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fair so enough. It's, it's better as a mystical it's mystery. Like, yeah, it's like the, it's what you don't know. It's it's the it's the beginning of Jaws when you can't see the shark. Yes. Yep. The, Good yeah. comparison. You get a you get a gold star. A for awesome. Jeff. <laughs> awesome. All right. How about another question? Another question. Totally my real name at fake email address writes, Dear Jerry, <laughs> when, when I'm walking down the street and I peek inside the shop windows of Catholicism, I see a very solemn interior with a lot of purple and gold colors inside mm -hmm. and people acting very respectfully. And when I peek next door in the windows of our Protestantism, I see a, a different vibe and people are enjoying all kinds of different stuff and they're doing different things, but they seem to be enjoying it more. What do I see when I peek inside the windows of atheism? Hmm. I can't speak for a whole group of people who by nature are not coming together to write dogmatic screeds. But I think you will see a group of people, most of whom have been freed from a mental burden that occupies real estate 
uh, in your brain and in your um, moral compass. And that doesn't make um, atheists good people or bad people, although statistically atheists commit less crimes. And um, statistically, prisons have a very large percentage of believers imprisoned. Imprisoned? In prison, yes. The vast majority oh. of people imprisoned in the United States are adherents of one religion or church or another. That's interesting. Um, and I, I can give you a good quick metaphor. Again, we're a couple of minutes away from 630, so I want to make sure we get Mike in on time. But I'll give you a quick metaphor. When I lived in New Zealand, there was a um, socialized medicine, universal health care. Sure. And was it perfect? No. Was it pretty good? Yes. But you know what it came with that Americans can't really appreciate? What's that, that, Jerry? You never had to worry about your insurance. You didn't have to think about it. Yeah. There's not the chance that you're going to fall ill and then somebody's going to take away your house yes. as a result of medical bills. Yes. I mean, my at the beginning of the year, my wife's insurance just changed. And I won't even go into all the rigmarole. Same wife. Just think, uh, just think about all the mental effort that took their company had to shop policies, then they had mm. to do all the effort to change it, and then yeah. all the employees had to be impacted by that. And um, even if there were good things or bad things about it, some employees, such as my partner, were very negatively impacted. It caused a lot of problems Oof. for our family, and then that causes worry, and then that causes how much time are you spending in your day worrying about your health care? And then what, what does that and, stress add to future health problems, yes. too? Whereas in New Zealand, if someone had a health problem, they could worry about like something's wrong with my kidney. But with that worry was not, how am I going to pay for it? What's my employer going to do? Do I have to apply for workman's comp? Like all of this other mental space. And I, I'm going through that for a minute because I think that's what you would see yeah. if you looked into uh, the window shop of atheism. As you would see a group uh. of people whose uh, minds and consciousnesses are not being occupied I by... See those concerns anymore freed up hey yeah. like just the fact that you mentioned you live in new zealand um right quick you also mm -hmm. live in japan so yes. along with the theme of today of religion versus yeah. spirituality uh what would you say or would you say japanese people are more religious or more spiritual or neither and please mm -hmm. state your answer in the form of a sweeping generalization okay <laughs> incoming sweeping generalization i lived there for four years uh you've lived and i visited many times besides that you've lived there longer i've done some reading i speak a small amount of japanese and less since i've forgotten most of it and i saw a nice description in a book i read which stuck with me which was at uh that which was this so here's my sweeping generalization there we go. that the majority of japanese people participate in the ritual and trappings and ceremonies, and even doing so is important. Hmm. But that does not equate to being a believer or even being an atheist. Almost like a Jewish hmm. people who celebrate Purim because it's a family event and they like the food, are Catholic people who go to church for big services like Easter, but aren't committed to the idea of a God or Catholicism or Judaism. Okay. Um, I think a lot of Japanese people are some variation of that, that they're not committed to, like in Shintoism and the kami, the spirits, that all these spirits absolutely must exist. But the they, idea of going to the shrine, doing going the prayer, through the paces, they like has, the wallpaper, but they're not necessarily has meaning for them. Gotcha. And I do think, Jeff, and I'll make this my last comment and then we'll bring Mike on. 
Yep. Um, it's just that when we think of religion versus spiritualism, one of the places that Westerners go to fill the need that being unsatisfied with their dogmatic religious upbringing or households is Eastern traditions. And mm. that was an irritant of mine when I was in Japan. Mm. Someone would go and they'd go to a shrine. And if, if they had a personal experience that was meaningful to them, please, I support that 100%. But if I'm at a having drinks with them afterwards and I have to listen to them babble about their misunderstandings of Shinto or Buddhism or what the architecture of a shrine is. So in yeah. other words, it was like a very superficial experience that didn't really explore or respect what it might mean for Japanese or people from other East Asian cultures. Uh, sure. It just falls into the oversimplifications of the same camp as like the, the nail mm -hmm. that sticks up gets hammered down is the phrase yes. you always hear. Yes. I thought it was the monkey that sticks up, gets hammered down with a banana and then falls out of a tree, but I might be mixing two. It's the, I heard like the monkey, together. the monkey misses the branch is one. Oh, like, uh, well, even, even monkeys, monkeys miss the fall. branch is the, are, I heard it as even monkeys fall from trees, but you are a much better translator than me. So yours is probably closer. Either way, ass on the uh, ground. Yep. I have, well, my ass is on the ground right now. Hey, uh, viewers and listeners at home. It is now my pleasure to bring to the show this live stream, our special guest, comedian who first came to national consciousness probably in 2010 on Last Comic Standing, but has done many amazing things and many television appearances and um, you know many, many gigs, including in 2020 releasing his most recent comedy album, AKA, which went to number one. Uh, so please welcome to the show uh, my uh, good friend and one of my favorite comedians, Mike Kaplan. Mike, how are hey. you? Hey, thank you so much. Can you see me hey. and hear me acceptably? I can see you and hear you. I made a special banner just for you oh, um, okay. in case we couldn't see you. And now I'm going to show the banner. And it says Please. Mike Kaplan on the phone. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So yeah. thank you for uh, being a part of my day, which include now riding in a car back from Westchester to Brooklyn, where I live and have another show and happy to make this car uh, a third show uh, i thought i would be driving and as such unable <laughs> for you to un unable to be seen by you but my friend liz liz glazer wonderful comedian oh. uh, dear friend she was on the show as well and happened to be driving from and to brooklyn so i'm here i am on the road i am on the phone and i'm glad that that banner indicating as such not only is the banner correct but people can confirm with their own <laughs> eyes that there there definitely is at least like a a real good cgi of trees <laughs> traveling by <laughs> this yes. window excellent green screen so are you did i infer from what you said that you're in the car with another comedian right now that's right uh okay. liz glazer is another comedian she is driving the car and she is a, a generous person who is uh, has willingly subjected herself to hearing only half of our conversation, uh, but probably more than half, because my guess is that I'm going to say more than you, if, if not only because that is, especially when I'm a guest on other people's podcasts. When I'm on my own podcast, I do my best to do less than half the talking, but I, so I feel like this is my best job of... Uh, complimenting you slash taking the onus off of 
myself or the responsibility <laughs> to say like, you're probably <laughs> such a great host that you'll ask such short, efficient questions that'll just give me free reign to talk as long as I want to. And then Liz won't wonder what the question was. Okay. So um, thank you, Liz, for driving. Two, thank tell you, Liz, Liz. I want her to be on my podcast later. I'll interview her separately. And then three, let's get started, Mike. The theme of today's podcast is just the general umbrella religion versus spirituality where do you come down on that <laughs> so on the question of religion quote unquote versus spirituality mm -hmm. uh, i will say like if i had to pick one which uh, i'm glad i don't i mean I, the way that i think of them as different is that religion is to to paint in very broad strokes religion is communal uh mm -hmm. and Okay. Uh, something that is often done either in groups or even if you're not doing it in groups, like if you are praying at a certain time of day alone in your house, you might be doing it knowing that other people are doing that. Or like Jews mm -hmm. at sundown lighting candles uh, on the Sabbath, mm -hmm. for example, like, oh, this is the time that I know all around this time zone, at least. Then all around <laughs> the world, people are lighting candles as well in a similar way. There's something communal about religion and spirituality can be more individual and there there can be of course like a venn diagram overlap of religion mm -hmm. and spirituality in that perhaps the things that you find truly you know meaningful independently individually in your own life and experience mm -hmm. do align with some practices that would be called religious as well uh mm -hmm. and perhaps i feel like in so i've been learning a lot about buddhism recently okay. uh, specifically uh, Tibetan debate is something that I'm learning with my friend Ooh. Gus, who is a Buddhist. And one of the ways that Tibetan debate operates is they, you have debates about comparing two different things. You say, how does this thing compare with that thing? And mm. sometimes the two things are mutually inclusive. Like if you said, how do cats compare with felines? You say, <laughs> they, I think, are mutually inclusive. Because can you think of anything that's a cat that's not a feline or anything that's a feline but it's not a cat? Then they could be mutually inclusive. They could be like one contains the other as a subset, like a Venn diagram where one is subsumed. Like if you said, mm -hmm. cat, how do they compare cats and mammals? Okay, well, between them, there are this many possibilities. There are things that are mammals but not cats. There are things that are cats and mammals, but there's and there's things that are neither cats nor mammals. So mm -hmm. that would they call that three possibilities. It's either there's something mm -hmm. that's both, something that's one but not the other, and something that's neither. Okay. Then there's so that's three possibilities. Now there's <laughs> oh things that are four possibilities. So something that's four possibilities I love includes math. like how do they compare, let's say, a wife and a mother? Like there you could name a person who is a wife and a mother, both. You can name somebody who's a wife, but not a mother. You can name somebody that's a mother, but not a wife. And you could name somebody or something that is a uh, neither, a, neither a mother nor a wife. For example, a rock. Uh, <laughs> a rock is a classic go-to example of things sure. that are anything that are for any non-rock out there. Yeah. So yeah, Dwayne Johnson, spirituality and religion. How do those? I think that those compare in four with four possibilities as well okay. in that. There are definitely some activities, some aspects, some practices, some experiences, some ways of being that are both religious and spiritual for some people, depending on who they mm -hmm. are and how they live. There are definitely yeah. 
I think it, there's definitely spirituality that is not connected to religion. If people mm-hmm. have a, a not a disconnected from religion prayer practice or meditation practice or, you know, exercise mm-hmm. regimen for the people who say I'm re- mm-hmm. I'm spiritual, but not religious. I'm religious. I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. Like, sure. And are there things that are religious, but not spiritual? I feel like they're oughtn't be. I think the goal would be for there to be as much of an overlap as possible, that something is personally meaningful to you as well as connecting you to Mm -hmm. a larger whole. But I think that an example, there's a book that I read called Is, uh, which is a collection of poems Hmm. by uh, a heretical Jewish poet of a kind. And one of the poems talks about, I, I don't know the exact wording, but essentially He says, like, as a believing person, I have more in common with the atheist who dances than (laughs) the so-called than the pious person sitting in church on Sunday or sitting at synagogue Mm -hmm. on Saturday or sitting in the mosque uh, on the appropriate day or wherever it is. But who is not feeling connected, who is like just Mm -hmm. going through the motions, who's just checking the box. So I think that would be an example of potentially religious but not spiritual, or even let's say to be more generous, religious, Mm. but not spiritual could include people who are culturally Jewish or Catholic who they're Mm -hmm. like, I I don't consider myself religious, but I am a Jew. I am a Catholic. (laughs) Like I love my grandmother. And so Mm -hmm. I'm happy to go with her to a a ceremony, or I'm happy Mm -hmm. to have this person, you know, lead my wedding or I'm, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I feel I like the songs. I like, whatever it is. And then there's definitely uh, some aspects of the, I guess an argument could be made that there's nothing that's neither spiritual nor religious based on some definitions, but for, uh, (laughs) I think, you know, by an atheist's definition, they, if they say that they're not spiritual and they're not religious, then that is Uh. the one that is neither. (laughs) Jeff, immediate reactions to what Mike said. AKA is his podcast. Do I have that right? That's his most recent comedy album. His most recent comedy album. Okay, cool. All right. I- that, that was a, an extensive and thought out answer. There's a lot There's a lot going on there. And I think mm-hmm. it, he touched on a lot of the same things that we were saying before. I mean, like uh, earlier in the, in the, in the mm-hmm. show, like the ideas about uh, spirituality is maybe less inclined to the religious direction and the religious is, okay, I'm just making shit up now. It's time to move okay. on to the next question. All right. Well, Jeff has also <laughs> curated all our questions. I haven't heard or seen or vetted any of them. Oh, and- go ahead, Mike. If I may as well add, I feel like uh, there's a thing that I heard once. uh, I think my girlfriend shared with me. I don't know the original source, but Mm -hmm. the idea is pertaining to like the idea that sometimes like there can be certain people of certain religions and certain people of no religions who might feel like that they're like judgment can be involved. Like whoever Mm -hmm. you are, you might think like people that don't do things the way that you do are doing things not as well. uh, Mm -hmm. And you might express that outwardly. So the thing that I really, I really like is uh, be focused on your own soul and other people's stomachs. So like, you know, live your life. Stomachs. Ethically. Yeah. Make sure that other people's stomachs are filled with enough food. Oh, filled. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So the idea being like, you know, if I say that the people who do entwine religion and spirituality the most, like I think like Martin Luther King's a good example of someone who was a reverend and also was very active in striving to make the world, mm. the material world, the physical realm mm. as, you know, as heaven like, as mm-hmm. kind, as compassionate, as joyful 
as yeah. connected at all the things that you'd want from either a religion or a non-religion, you know, like <laughs> make the, the physical, the, the empirically scientifically measurable world as good and fair and just and kind as mm -hmm. possible. And as also yeah. like, if you want to be, yeah. if you connect that, most of the practicing religious people that I know are also yeah. really, you know, there is spirituality connected with it because, but, and, uh -huh you don't necessarily hear as much from them. Like I have a friend who is a, a, a minister at a, a church in Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, which is like, she calls, uh, they call it a queer storytelling bar church. And it is super Not liberal. another one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one indeed. Uh, it's super progressive. It's super inclusive and welcoming. It's focused on, you know, uh, social justice and, you know, equality for all. Mm. And, she, her, her father is also uh, a, a minister, I think, of a more like classically conventionally conservative church community. And he's like a nice dude. And also yeah. he she told me once that he said something like, you know, like gun to the head. Would I say are gay people going to hell? Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh, I mean, you know, he's like but looking at the texts like but but he's like, do I think am i preaching that no am i do i think other people should be focusing on that it's like okay think, but then are you preaching what you believe <laughs> i mean and so he what he was saying was what he would preach is like is like i feel like people should be out there with picket signs saying like look within your own marriage you know right. and like concern yourself with your own soul not with what sure. other people are doing sure, sure, uh, sure. and you know and try to help first. other people yeah. Uh, have what they want and what they need. So yeah. yeah, there are there are people out there practicing in ways that I think are not overlapping religion and spirituality as much as yeah. one might want. But there are also people uh, doing it a ton, and you're not hearing about it as much because mm -hmm. they're not the loudest for okay, good so, reason. So so then what about a person? I mean, those are generally like if it's the minister, so it's a default religious position, and that almost implies a spirituality. There are people who would say they're not religious, but they are spiritual. I don't know how many people you would find who would say they're not spiritual, but they are religious. So the religion is kind of covered, that base is covered in a way, but on the other side, if somebody like, uh, somebody like does mushrooms and says that makes them spiritual, does that count? I feel like the question, the way you're asking the question, doesn't count. <laughs> or does like, like I mean, I, I, I understand you could rephrase it, but to to address it could, as such, but feel free to rephrase. Yeah. Uh, um, is the act of taking mushrooms a spiritual practice in your view? If it, I, I would say that as a person who has done many, has had many experiences with psychedelic mushrooms. I would say that many of them, if not all, I, I won't say I can't remember them all exactly right now. <laughs> they've been uh, uh, so they've been so numerous. I would say that most of them I would if to answer the question, were they spiritual experiences or were they not spiritual experiences? I would say, yes, they were. And so I say that if anyone says that they've had a spiritual experience on mushrooms, I would believe them. And if somebody said I did mushrooms and I did not have uh, <laughs> a, a spiritual experience, okay. I would okay. believe them as well. Like the same way that I feel like stand, I do stand up comedy and I think mm. that stand up comedy is an art form. And I know no. that it is weird. Like if I introduce myself to a new person, they're like, what do you do for a living? If I said, I'm an artist 
And they said, oh, what kind of art do you make? Do you paint? Do you sculpt? Do you blow glass? Like, oh, no, the kind of art that I make is comedy. They might be like, "Uh, that's a weird way to say that. And I would agree with them. But uh, I do. Like, I think that there are comedians out there who are like, look, comedy is not an art form. I'm not an artist. I'm a craftsperson. And to them, I might disagree with them. But I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. argue with them. I'll be like, okay, you're not an artist, Ben. That's fine. You don't have to be. And I feel like there is like sort of a spectrum from art to craft, and there is a spectrum from spirituality to religion okay. that might be not an exact parallel. But yeah, I definitely think if somebody's just saying that they did mushrooms and had a spiritual experience, like I don't know whether they did or not, because yeah. that's the whole thing about yeah, yeah. a spiritual experience is it's internal. That's, right. the, that's the main thing. Religion is external and spirituality is internal. And sometimes they're entwined. The word versus in the middle of religion versus spirituality is like also itself a kind of weird way to phrase it. Like it, because they're not like Godzilla versus King Kong. You know? Oh, uh, yeah. But that is the way some people will say it. I mean, they'll say, oh, I'm not a religious person, but I'm but I am spiritual. So yeah, people who I, say that are saying something. <laughs> oh yeah, I think that what they are saying, or the implication that I take, just to be to speculate, is yep. that I mean yep. the baggage that comes along for a lot of people with religion. Like some people have been raised in oppressive religious environments, mm. uh, familially, culturally, you know. So mm. for some people, like the word church or God or religion has mm. very different connotations than it does for somebody who is raised uh, differently. And I think that makes a lot of sense. So what, when people, you know, I'd say like the classic example of a person who was raised, like, I look, I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. Like perhaps they were Hmm. raised in a, in a religion Mm -hmm. that didn't resonate with them with, Uh. you know, people who were yelling at them, like, you know, (laughs) like sort of, I, I always think about this analogy, like, when I was a child, sometimes we'd be whispering in class or in a meeting mm. or something, you know, like of the school or whatever. And our teachers would be like, Shh, and they'd shush us so loudly, like louder than we were. <laughs> and I feel like that's what so much of like discourse about, you know, sometimes religion, sometimes politics is yeah. like the the cure is sometimes, you know, more poisonous than uh, the, the uh, symptom that's trying to be treated. Yeah, if you're like, hey, yeah. Le- <laughs> stop it. Stop being so like somebody yelling to yeah. not be loud. Be like, be quiet. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And so I think that people perceive yeah. religion and, and there's very there's a lot of good reason that like religion has been the source of many wars and oppressions mm-hmm. and inequalities mm-hmm. uh slaveries and such uh, justifying oh, yeah. uh and so there have been when people are like yeah religion not for me but there is something like i get that that there's you yeah. know some spark of humanity of art of communion <laughs> of beauty of love of life that they're like mm-hmm. i get why religion is that for some people but for me a nun hurt me you know yeah. or like a pre- like i was abused in the mm-hmm. spirit of, in by mm-hmm. somebody saying that they were doing it because god wanted them to and i'm like that's not mm-hmm. my jam but there's i like meditating that's my jam <laughs> here we go there hey, we go. Um, we're kind of in the window of our last 10 minutes. Sure. So I would like to attempt to do what are sometimes on other podcasts or shows is called a speed round. Mm. So Jeff, pick your two or three just favorite questions you really wanted to ask. And me and Mike will both try to give short, like one or two sentence answers. And we'll I speed accept. through. Okay. Thank you, Mike and Jeff. 
responsibility. If evolution is true. Uh, okay. If evolution is true and we're evolving to become smarter, then why are there still dumbasses? Like a lot of dumbasses. Oh, I think it's that you don't understand how evolution works. Right. Yes. Okay. Evolution is a, is a process of good enough. You just have to live long enough to make babies. We don't all have yeah. to be Einsteins. <laughs> yeah, if you, it could be that uh, evolution is gearing people to be, to having babies younger and younger. So all you have to be is perhaps more, you know, attractive, more like mm -hmm. pheromone inducing, like, you know, juicier <laughs> and juicier pheromones Ooh, is go. what evolution is selecting for, not necessarily intelligence. Right. There we go. Thank all you. right. Next one. Next one. Um, if you could go back in time and meet an intelligent person like a Da Vinci or a Newton, uh, would you be able to explain them in, to them in a meaningful way what an iPhone is? Ha! Uh, I'll answer uh, yes, because I'm overly confident, but I uh, secretly am not that confident. Okay. I would say it depends how far back you go. The people I want to meet are French artists from the early 1900s, and science was relatively advanced by then. But if you're talking about ancient, like going back to Aristotle, I guess I'd love to talk to him. Uh, you would have a challenge on your hands. <laughs> I, I would. I'll, I'll just add briefly. Uh, da, da Vinci, I think, would have a good chance of getting it. But what if I would like to go back and uh, back in time and talk to Steve Jobs about the iPhone so that he can invent it? There we go. There we go. If he understood. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. OK, Jeff, one or two more. What religious figure would you most, or spiritual figure, would you most likely or like to have dinner with? Mm. And is this a person that's alive, dead, or any? Or in between, yes, any of those. Uh, I mean, I would love to meet uh, or have met Thich Nhat Hanh or Pema Chodron or mm -hmm. Ram Dass. Uh, those, are, those are some of my top ones. I, my yes. favorite rap albums. <laughs> <laughs> and my quick off-the-cuff answer, really... Um, and this shows my Judeo-Western upbringing, but uh, frankly, Jesus, and I'm not being facetious. I mean, he's, what he's quoted as saying, there's a lot of meaningful quotes uh, and a lot of kindness. And I would love to hear like from his own words, how he'd represent those concepts. And oh, not just yeah. to correct dumbasses of our age, but just to see you know, what he had to say, like and bask in that, like Sermon of the Mount, be there for Sermon of the Mount. And I'll, I'll add number one, I second that he, I, I would also love to talk to Jesus, also the Buddha, or any, any Buddhas, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and mm -hmm. then also, the if you're interested in finding out what Jesus might say to the dumbasses of today, uh, <laughs> I think, I don't know if you're familiar with, but check out uh, John Fugelsang. He is a oh, hilarious, yeah. hilarious mm -hmm. comedian, super, super smart, super funny, has read the Bible. I believe his yeah. mother before having him was a nun mm -hmm. and his father was a priest. And he is just so smart and kind and well-educated on these subjects. Uh, like, I think he has read the Bible more than most people who believe the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Friend yeah. of the show. He's been on the comical. Heath, oh, right? beautiful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I love that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, Mary kill. Judaism, <laughs> Christianity, Islam. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, I pass. <laughs> I marry them all. The, yes. the, quest, the question most likely to get cut from this edited uh, program. <laughs> the edited version of this program. Okay, what, well, give us a better one to end on, Jeff. <laughs> what do you think is the strongest argument for God's existence? I think that the uh, surest proof of or argument for God's existence is that you can define God however you wish, and if you define God as something that exists to you, 
then uh, then God exists. Like if God is love, if God is art, if God is togetherness, uh, then beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like every religious person doesn't, every spiritual person doesn't right. believe. Like since there's a rabbi who told me once, uh, he said, God does not exist. God is existence. And that resonates <laughs> with me a lot. Okay, nice. I'll just add that to one of my favorite philosophers, Kierkegaard, uh, was in a way the forerunner of the psychological turn that religion is a personal thing and not a dogmatic church thing. And um, I think mm. that from that point of view begins the rise of the importance of faith as a definition of being religious. Because 200 years ago, you were religious by going to church. But Kierkegaard mm. argued that you were religious by your faith in actually believing the things that you were claiming to believe. Hmm. Um, and he also added, as a footnote to that observation, that there's only about, in his opinion, not mine, about one in a million people then are probably religious. If you have to believe in your faith, if that's the definition of being religious, is that you actually believe in your faith, he doubted that more than one in a million people could match that task. Hmm. Hmm. Hey, uh, so before we wrap up, it's very important for me to uh, thank some people. Well, first and foremost, thank you, Mike Kaplan, for joining us on this goofy Q&A. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Any, any fun things you want to plug coming up in the next two or three months? Oh, sure. Uh, well, uh, if people follow me at Mike Kaplan, spelled the weird way I spell it, M-Y-Q-K-A-P-L-A-N, uh, on any social media or uh, mm-hmm. Go to my website, or I, I have a newsletter that comes out each week full of uh, a few jokes, and then okay. other pl- places you can see me. That's at mikekaplan.substack.com. And you mentioned my album, AKA. All my albums are most of the places that you could want to listen okay. to albums. And so, yeah, I hope people, w- there will be a number of things coming up. But yeah, the best way to sure. find out what they are and where I'll be is to follow me and subscribe, and uh, and I'll let you know. Right, and I'll make sure there's a link to your website in the description of this podcast. Thank this is my, you. My guest co-host, Jeff Geddert, who also produced and remixed our theme music. Thank it's you, true. Jeff Geddert, for joining us today and for such excellent music. Thank you for having me. Glad you like it. Excellent. And then thank you uh, to the few people listening to the live stream, but we'll also release this as an episode of the podcast in a week or two. So thank you to anybody who listened to the episode and made it all the way to the end. Be sure to share with your friends um, and spread the word. And finally, I always like to just end on this thought. It may be uh, your dogma, but it's my karma. And I'm all about spreading the love. Thank you, everybody.